Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch and welcome Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast on the Weird Network where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, Leslie Pratt Bannatine. That song there is Halloween by Kay Landy and Wade Denning from 1974. And what a perfect song for our guest today. She's the queen of Halloween. Leslie Pratt Bannatyne is considered one of America's foremost authorities on Halloween. You'll find her at iskullhalloween.com, where you can buy her books, read some of her articles, and learn about her media appearances and any upcoming events she might be doing. Leslie has appeared on the History Channel's The Haunted History of Halloween and The Real Story of Halloween. She's also contributed to a new Travel Channel documentary that premieres on Monday called This is Halloween, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Be sure to check your local listings for the time of that show, or just DVR it like, like I have. Leslie's also provided her Halloween expertise for articles in Time Magazine, Slate, National Geographic, and the World Book Encyclopedia. To date, she's written five books on Halloween, including a children's book called Witches Night Before Halloween. There's Halloween Nation, Behind the Scenes of America's Fright Night, which examines the holiday through the eyes of its celebrants. Uh, The book was nominated for a 2011 Bram Stoker Award. There's a Halloween how-to, costumes, parties, decorations, and destinations. And then there's a Halloween reader, poems, stories, and plays from Halloween past. Uh, Halloween's past, sorry about that. And Halloween, an American holiday, and American history. Leslie's fiction and essays have been published in the Boston Globe, Smithsonian, Christian Science Monitor, and Zone 3, among others. She won the 2018 Bosque Fiction Prize and received the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books Literary Award for Fiction. As a freelance journalist, she's covered stories ranging from Druids in Massachusetts to relief workers in Bolivia. Leslie lives and works in Somerville, Massachusetts. So yeah, uh, got to talk with uh, Leslie about Halloween. Uh, A great interview, I thought. Uh, Unfortunately, Tom was not able to be there. He had a scheduling conflict. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to to be there uh, and kind of ask other questions as I, you know, was listening but unfortunately my work schedule got in the way and I wasn't able to attend the uh the interview but I mean the resume alone of what she has is unbelievable I mean there's a lot of she's definitely done a lot of stuff for Halloween so this is uh this is definitely going to be a good interview um but yeah it does suck that I couldn't make it yeah I, I think that you I think you'll still enjoy it um We got to talk about the essence of Halloween, a lot of things that I've always felt about Halloween, and hopefully as we're closing in on October 31st, this will be just what everyone needs to uh, to get you in the right mood and the right frame um, for 
the frame of frame of mind for you know just taking Halloween in as it should be. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, cue that thing up and uh, enjoy. Well, Leslie, welcome to the Jack O' Lantern Press podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, before we get into more about who you are. Um, I wanted to just ask uh, if you had a Halloween memory that comes to mind that maybe you could share with us, like something really specific that always sticks in your mind about Halloween. I think one of my very favorite Halloween memories was um, actually happened on the day after Halloween. On Halloween one year, it snowed here. I'm in New England and it snowed. And the very next morning before anyone was up and out, I drove up to Haunted Overload, which is an outdoor haunted attraction in New Hampshire. It's gorgeous. You walk through the woods, the, the creatures are like as large as telephone poles. It's an amazing place. But I went up there and walked in by myself in the snow, and it was the most magical, <laughs> wonderful Halloween experience, just because all of the things were there, the giant jack-o'-lanterns and the the monsters and the spooky train sets and the hillbilly shacks and everything was there with this just slight covering of snow. And it was just gorgeous. Uh, and you, how old did you say you were? Um, I was a full grown grown up. This oh, okay. was only a few years ago. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it's, that's funny because, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of my favorite Halloween memories are when I was a little kid. And I think when I ask people that a lot of times they go right back to childhood. So that's really cool that yours is a recent memory. Yeah. Um, I agree with you though, that most people, when, when you, they talk about Halloween and they have really strong memories, they are almost always from their childhood. And it has something to do with how wonderful it was to be out after dark kind of, in a costume running freely around your neighborhood or with your parents behind you, whichever decade you grew up in. And there's that, something about that freedom that happens on that night, aside from the candy and the fantasy and everything else that just really sticks with people. Yeah, which I always think is kind of funny because, you know, when people talk about their favorite Halloween movies, they're never kids movies and there aren't many kids Halloween movies. Most of it's usually a horror movie, something that a kid would not watch. Although when I was a kid, I did watch a lot of those and probably shouldn't have, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. Is there something to be said for that? Why, you know, Halloween movies are really only for adults. Yeah. I mean, uh, people of a certain age will, will talk about um, the, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh right yeah As, that one is a class you know sure. it's something that that they go back to with their kids it's become kind of like carving jack-o-lanterns it's something you do with your children or hocus pocus also people um that could be a family movie that grown-ups and kids for generations have loved but it's true that most adults have seen a lot of horror movies by now and they're just so graphically amazing these days that it can't help but um, make you really love those kind of movies more than you might, you know, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Right, right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about you. So who are you, where are you from? How did you get into Halloween? 
Oh, gosh. I'm from originally from around Bridgeport, Connecticut. And um, currently I've been in Boston, outside Boston for about, you know, the last many decades. So um, I did, I, I mean, I always loved Halloween as a kid. I loved it. It was one of my favorite holidays, if not my favorite holiday. That and Christmas couldn't, could never decide. But <laughs> as, as an adult, I became a freelance writer. And I had a friend tell me that there was a publishing house in New York City that was looking for histories of American holidays. And they had two left. And if I wanted to propose one, I might be able to sell the book. And the two holidays they had left were Election Day and Halloween. <laughs> so, Interesting. you know, okay. I, thought, I thought for about two seconds and um, wrote a book proposal on the American history of Halloween. Did, did, they did take the book. And then it took me the next three to four years to write that book. Um, no one had done a history of American Halloween before. So it was all uncharted territory. And so I had to do a lot of research but like anything else once you start to get into a subject um, especially a subject that you really really love it just opens up in a million different directions so that one book led to four other books over a, the period of like 30 or 40 years wow and yeah I, I saw the there were two history channel documentaries i watched them both about the history of halloween and there is a lot of history and how halloween became to be what it is and I'm wondering, um, I mean, we're not going to have enough time to cover all of that history, but is there one thing that you could say about the history of Halloween that maybe people don't know or that you find particularly interesting or all-encompassing about Halloween? Sure. I, a lot of people don't know that the precursor to Halloween, Samhain or Summer's End, was something that emerged maybe 2,000 years ago in Northwestern Europe, in the British Isles. And it's something, there are aspects of Samhain that still cling to Halloween. It's Samhain was November 1st, Halloween is October 31st, but they also share a certain supernatural cast, both of those, both of those days. So the fact that it comes from, you know, 2000 years ago to us today is pretty unusual. But the other thing is people, People don't realize that the, the Halloween we know, American Halloween, is very young. And that holiday really wasn't celebrated in our country until late in the 1800s. So it's, it's you know, it's like 150, 170 years old here. Right, right. And, it, you know, it is interesting. It is an interesting holiday because a lot of people criticize it for being dark and evil. Uh, you know, I always saw it as a night of fun, even though it is a night of being scared and, you know, looking at bloody horrific sights. Can you speak about that? Like, why is there fun in, in the dark? <laughs> um, you know, Joe Hill probably said it, said it, said it best, which um, he's, you know, Stephen King's son who also writes horror novels. And he said what, one of the things he's doing with his, his really dark books is trying to, and he's quoting, um, he's quoting a musician here, um, Bruce Coburn, is you wanna kick the darkness until it bleeds light. And I love that 
that way of huh. thinking about it because I mean, Halloween for me has never been dark. It is the time when we shine a little light on everything that is dark in our world. And because it's for fun, their psychologists will tell you that it's kind of like fright boot camp. You, you do these fears that are fun because you know they're fake and they actually help you become a warrior against things that might really be scary in your life. So it's, it's fake fear. So it's fun fear and it's exhilarating. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so maybe you kind of already talked a little bit about this, but what do you think the importance of Halloween is like in, in that history channel documentary, or one of them that you did the haunted history of Halloween, you had said that, uh, magic is a big part of Halloween, that it's a necessary element of the holiday. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. And, and it still is. I mean, when you, when you ask a, a child about Halloween, you don't ask, you know, what are you wearing this Halloween? You ask them, who do you want to be? What are you going to be? So the fantasy element of stepping out of your own box for a night is is critical for both kids and adults. That's where the, you know, the adult costume fantasy piece comes in. Everybody loves to be somebody else, at least for a night. It just, it's freeing. It gets you out of your skin in a way, and it lets you use your imagination in a way. And Halloween combines this imagination with this, just this, this um, feeling, this, this juju of, a night when spirits are out. I mean, we know that there may not be spirits hour out. That We know that in our brains. But in the dark of late October, when the temperature drops <laughs> and the shadows are moving around on the, the streets and they're lit by jack-o'-lanterns or lights, you can kind of imagine that magic is out there in the world. Yeah, I, I definitely can agree with that. As a kid, I was really quiet, uh, you know, never talked. And I felt like on Halloween, I could put that mask on, no one would know who it was. And I could actually, you know, kind of come out of my shell. It was like one night of the year. Even my mom says that at Halloween time, I became a different kid. <laughs> and it's probably something to do with that, I would imagine. I, I also always think like there was an adventure with Halloween, like, like you're saying, you could, you go out in the night, and maybe you're with your friends, um, and you venture over to another neighborhood that maybe you never went to when it was day, and now you're going out there at night, and you don't know what's there, so there's adrenaline, there's so much of that night that uh, it's almost like a rite of passage, Yeah, yeah uh, that, which is exciting. Yeah. It is very exciting and you're so right. And one of my um, seminal childhood Halloween memories is doing exactly that. I mean, on Halloween, you can go up to anyone's house, you know, even people that, that you don't know that even live close to you or people you find scary. And a friend of mine and myself dared each other to go to this house, which was set way back off the road. It was, we never saw the people there. It was like a mansion to us. And we walked down this long, dark driveway and up there stone steps. And there was a, a cow skull on the front steps. And that was just terrifying to us <laughs> you know, at the age of nine. It's like, who has a cow skull on their yeah. steps? <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, we rang the bell, you know, and it was terrifying. Like you say, it was exciting. It was terrifying. They came to the door. They said, and I'm not kidding. This is true. We've just been to a funeral. We don't have any candy. Wow, that's creepy. It is kind of funny that you bring up going to strangers' homes because you know Christmas is known as the most wonderful time of the year, time of goodwill toward man. You know, it's it's about family and friends. But Halloween is the only time of year where you you go out into the community and you basically are you know, going up to people's homes and they're giving you candy, total strangers. Uh, and I think there's something to be said about that, you know, about that, that time of year. And I don't know, maybe it's, uh, there's more goodwill toward men <laughs> at Halloween time. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. It's true. We, we used to do a lot more Christmas caroling and things like that. And, and I, I often say that Halloween's the only the holiday we have left where we open our doors to strangers. And on the other hand, you know, homeowners are opening their doors and giving candy away to kids they don't even know um, and may not recognize and kids from other towns even. It's just, there's a spirit of generosity left in the holiday that um, is really worth preserving. Yeah, I, th I think so too, definitely. Um, now, are you a monster movie lover or horror movie lover? Or you just stick to Halloween stuff? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I have seen horror movies. I'm not um, a huge horror movie goer. Um, as, a, as a kid, I never was. I saw my first horror movie that uh, was The Exorcist. And I Ooh. was, I was <laughs> old enough. You know, I wasn't a kid. Um, I was young, but not a kid. And that... I think like a lot of people, your first really serious horror movie sticks with you for the rest of your life. So I would say, hands down, that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I don't mm -hmm. think it's the scariest movie, <laughs> but it depends on how old you are when you see something really scary. Um, my husband will say Babadook is the scariest movie he's ever seen, but I sat through it kind of giggling. So I've seen a lot of horror movies. I'm not um, well-versed in the whole genre, but um, I do like the ones I've seen. Yeah, it's funny. I, I There's a movie that scared the heck out of me when I was a kid. It was called Laser Blast. It was this really bad movie. <laughs> and it really scared the heck out of me. And, and I remember my dad recorded it on uh, VCR back in the 80s. <laughs> and uh, one day I was sick home from school and I was like you know I'll watch it during the day and maybe it won't scare me and I put it on I started watching it and I had to turn it off it scared the heck out of me now this is when I was probably I don't know third grade second grade or something yeah mm. I watched it again a year ago and it is terrible I have no idea what I was afraid of. <laughs> but that thing scarred me I used to think that that alien guy was outside in my tree and the tree outside our, my window <laughs> yeah it is funny um let's see we're uh are there any um like traditions that you do around Halloween time like movies you watch or things you do uh with your family or with anyone yes um, I always throw a pumpkin carving party and oh cool yeah and everybody comes with their own pumpkin and we just we go at them with knives and 
then at the end we light them all up and take pictures and then i've got i carve at least five to ten of them myself so then i've got a lot of them for halloween night and i set them all up around the uh, i have a wall in front of my house so they all go on the wall and it's a pretty cool site um i always decorate starting october 1st i can't wait you know so what come october 1st i start putting out the lights and the props and all that sort of thing just to kind of advertise to the neighborhood that i will be open on halloween so come on <laughs> by nice and then um i always try to go to as many haunts as i can uh this year that's just been i will go to one this year an outdoor haunt but it's just been so much harder with what's going on but i try to get to at least five to ten of those so that's leading up to halloween and then if i'm lucky enough to be in new york city on the night of the parade on halloween night i'll definitely i love to go to the greenwich village halloween parade it's just it's just astonishing <laughs> and of course nice. i have to spend a day in salem so it's more like it's a month it's a month right, it's halloween right. month. <laughs> Yeah, there's one Halloween tradition that I have that I've had since I was a kid. There's there's a poetry book uh, by Jack Proletsky called It's Halloween. Mm -hmm. And my dad used to read this to us when we were kids. And every year I read that thing. And there, I, mean, I was telling my brother that there have even been a few Halloweens where I forgot to read it. And at the end of the night, I'll just read it real quick. It's just a short <laughs> little poetry book. It's got like 13 poems, but that's like a tradition. Um, another one is there's this really great horror anthology. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called October Dreams. Oh, I own it. Yes. It's, you know what? My favorite part is the memories. Yeah. It's so cool just to, you know, to, to read people's memories of like, you know, some pinnacle Halloween for them. Like that's my favorite part. I like it more than the, the, the stories. Uh, and which what's is, interesting it goes back to what you were saying before. I mean, some of those stories, they're horror stories and they're scary and they're, you know, adult for adults, but the memories, most of the memories are of childhood Halloweens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that another tradition that, that I will adopt now is reading your book, uh, which is night before Halloween, which I just got this year and I <laughs> love it. So yeah, I'll probably add that to what I have to read. <laughs> But um, I, another, like, I loved Halloween Nation. That book is oh, like thanks. one of my favorite books because it's, I love all the different ways that people celebrate Halloween. And that kind of, that book kind of shows that really well. Can you talk a little bit about researching that? Oh, I, you know, for Halloween Nation is my favorite book too, of, of mine. <laughs> Not my favorite book in the world. But, um, I spent maybe two years going around the country to various places, meeting all the people, as many people as I could, that make or celebrate or create in some way Halloween, just to find out what it is. Why do you love this so much? Why is this so important to you? And how do you do what you do? So, for example, I could go out to Petaluma, California to a Halloween craft show and talk to the artists that spend their lives crafting these gorgeous jack-o'-lantern people and witch dolls and decorations and all sorts of you know jewelry and stuff that that's just really evocative of Halloween past you know 
a nostalgic Halloween. Or I could go to Southern Indiana and talk with Kevin Alvey, who, who runs Gore Galore, which makes horror props for theme parks and haunted houses and individual sales, I guess, about how he does what he does and why he does what he does and walk through his amazing what he calls chicken coop of doom which is this enormous kind of long barn where you know there's zombie heads and intestines and fake ears hanging out and fingers and blood and all this stuff all of it in the works so it, it was really fun to run the gamut from you know, something that's so orange and black and very sweet and beautiful to something that's really gory and just talk to the people about why they did what they did and why they loved it. And I talked to people who made glass pumpkins and people who brew pumpkin beer, people who are witches, people who chase ghosts, every aspect of Halloween. I was just trying to put my arms around why this holiday is so important to so many people. Yeah, I mean it really it really gets me excited about the how ha- about Halloween but in, you know, different ways because, you know, I celebrate it one way but there are definitely things that's like, oh, you know what? I kind of want to check out <laughs> a pumpkin contest. Like that was pretty interesting, you know, where they're using forklifts to move these giant pumpkins around. Like it there was just a lot of things that, you know, it's like, oh, I kind of want to you know maybe add that as a tradition or at least check it out it it, you see someone else's enthusiasm for something and it's it's very contagious and that's the way I felt uh, when reading the book Um, I'm so I'm so glad to hear that (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's awesome I'm curious did did uh did a publisher pay you to do the research or you just did this on your own and then you know proposed this to someone um Almost just the other way around. I proposed the book. Uh, I was lucky to have Pelican Publishing had published my other books. And so I was, I didn't have to write a full proposal. I could just kind of tell them what I was thinking about doing. And they said, absolutely go ahead. So I sold the book first and then, and then did the research and wrote it. Oh, very cool. Were, did you, was it an expensive trip? I mean, you're traveling all over the country. I know. Um, you know, it wasn't awful and it was such a pleasure and yeah, I, I didn't travel solidly for two years, <laughs> gotcha, but, gotcha. but, um, and a lot of the stuff I could, some of, some of the East coast stuff I could drive to. So it was just getting out to the middle of the country and to the West coast that, that were the longer trips, but I usually put several events together. So when I was there, I was doing a lot of different things. So it wasn't horrible. I gotta say. And now this is, there's a re-release of this book, I think you said? That's right. It, it, um, the uh, publishing company that published it originally, Pelican, was bought by something called, called Arcadia Press, a larger press. So they bought the title and they wanted to put a new cover on it and they asked me to write a new introduction. So it's basically, if you own Halloween Nation, you, you know, you have the book, but if, if you want to collect a new edition, it's got a new cover and a new introduction and, and the rest of it is the same. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, we asked uh, people on social media if they had any questions for you. So uh, my son actually responded. He's 17. Um, he asked if you went to college and what your major was. 
<laughs> he's he's getting ready him. to go to college right now. So <laughs> I love him. That's great. Yeah. I, he's 17. He's yeah. 17. Yeah. Senior yeah. year. Yeah. Right in the middle of it. Yeah. Wow. Um, I did go to college. I went to Wheaton College in Norton, Massachusetts, which was a women's college at the time. And I majored in English. Um, and I've always thought it was a great thing to major in because it can do a number of different things. Once you learn to read and write critically, you're probably good in a lot of different professions. My chosen profession at first was advertising. <laughs> so huh. I, I got into advertising for many years and then kind of worked my way out of it into being more of a writer. But it served me well. And then I've got a, um, a master's in creative writing. So, right. Yeah, I think I think I saw you just did that last year. I just year. did that. Yep. Nice. Well, congrats on that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and and I good think, luck to him. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're yeah we're knee deep in that process right now. <laughs> um, so I think you know Matt from Nightmare Three Sixty Five, his podcast. Yep. Um, yep. He asked if you have any plans to write any more Halloween books. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. You never know what projects come down the transom and I'm always open to collaborations. But um, I don't have any of my own in the pipeline. Right now I'm writing more um, creative work, more fiction Got than it. nonfiction. And is there anywhere where we can see that? There's, um, I started writing short stories and I don't yet have a book of them, but there's one, there's one called Corpse Walks Into a Bar that is up on <laughs> a website called The Ghost Story. Oh, very cool. I'll have to find that. Okay, cool. I'll try and find that and I'll put a link in the, in the show notes. That's, I sure. love the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually how it starts too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Michael I, he asked, will COVID kill Halloween or will it come back with a vengeance? <laughs> um, I don't think anything can kill Halloween. And I'll tell you why. It's like one of the things that I've heard most during my doing research on Halloween for the past 30 odd years is that there are many times in history when people say, well, that's it for Halloween. We're going to kill Halloween. This will kill Halloween. We're not oh, going to yeah. have Halloween anymore. Like in the um, 80s think, with the razor blades. I think blades it's kind of, it. yes, it's, it's kind of part of Halloween. It's, it's, people always think it's going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. This, this time of year, this community celebration, this generosity and exchange and masquerade and fantasy is um, critical. We used to dress up for all sorts of holidays back even in the early 20th century. You would dress up for New Year's Eve, you dress up for Valentine's Day, 4th of July, and Halloween is the only one we have left where we get to wear a costume, unless you're lucky enough to live in New Orleans. <laughs> but <laughs> right. I don't think anybody's going to give that up anytime soon. I love it. Okay, um, Brian G asked, what do you think about Sam's golden rules of Halloween as laid out in the 2007 film Trick or Treat? And if, just for a reminder, those rules are always hand out candy to trick or treaters, always wear a costume, always respect the dead, always check your candy, and most important, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern's flame even an instant before midnight. 
<laughs> I'd say those are good rules to live by. <laughs> yeah, that is wonderful. Um, okay. And then my brother had a couple questions. He asked, uh, your, what's your favorite ghost story, your favorite Halloween haunt or attraction, and your favorite Halloween decoration, if you have one? Mm, my favorite Halloween ghost story. Stephen King wrote kind of a ghost story that I think the title of it was Into the Veil. And Veil was V-A-L-E, which is like a, a piece of, of low-lying land, um, not Veil like the world, the Veil Between Worlds or anything like that. But it was about um, people on a distant island in Maine, no surprise. Um, and you couldn't tell who was dead or who was alive in this story. And it was about dying. It was about dying and seeing people who were dead. And it was, it was creepy to an extent, but it was also so moving. Um, I would say that is one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorite ghost stories. I love a number of the Poe stories. So that's a hard question, but I will, I will put that Stephen King one out there. That was, that was very moving. Um, my favorite decoration that I have has got to be, hmm, I have a Halloween tree, a, a light up orange Halloween tree. It just makes me happy to look at it. <laughs> I just nice. love the color. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the things I have. I also have one of those mummies that you can put on your front steps and it's about five feet tall. I stick a witch hat on it and stick it in the window for the month of October. And it's kind of creepy. That That's a nice one too. And nice. then- what was the third? Uh, your favorite Halloween haunt, like attraction oh, or maybe oh my a gosh. park or something. <laughs> yeah, that that is a hard one because there are so many that are so good. Um, I will go to my, my go-to, which is Haunted Overload in, in New Hampshire. And I mentioned it before in the show, but what um, he's done up there is just unique. And if you haven't gone, it's, it's hard to describe, but everything is outside in the woods on a farm and it's enormous. You can Google it and see the pictures. It's just every, all the creatures are enormous. And, and that something about the scale of it and the fact that it's outside in the woods and it's made of things that are kind of found in the woods uh, makes it really otherworldly. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. Okay. Um, and just to finish off here, we have like, it's like a lightning round of questions. If you ever saw that show inside the actor studio with the I certainly James did. Oh my gosh. Let me prepare myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these are just like one word or one sentence, quick responses. Mm -hmm. um, what's your favorite monster? Skeleton. If you were a monster, what would you be? Which? <laughs> Have you ever harnessed energy from lightning to create any of your work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried to take over the world? Not yet. Okay, cool. Uh, what do you do for evil in your spare time? <laughs> I play the Brazilian bass drum. Oh, okay. All right. Any skeletons in your closet? Mm, lots. Okay, cool. Let's we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, a favorite shade of blood and guts. Oh, deep, deep ruby wine red. All right. Your your favorite type of victim. Mm, Middle-aged man. 
<laughs> uh, what kind of scream or cry of terror do you love most? Oh, the shriek that happens when somebody comes up behind you in a haunt. All right. What, what type of scream or cry of terror do you love least? Um, finding a rat that your cat's brought in. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite torture device? Uh, the internet. <laughs> you know, most people say the rack, and I don't know if that's just the first thing that comes to their mind, but yeah, I haven't heard the internet yet. Uh, all right. And finally, if the elevator that goes down to the fiery depths of hell exists, and it does, what would you want the red devil to say to you uh, if or when you arrive? Oh my God, we've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> All right. Well, that's about it. Unless there's anything uh, new that you're doing that you wanted people to know about uh, or to check out? Nope. Um, my books are all on my website, iskullhalloween.com. And I welcome people to go there and read whatever they like. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Leslie. We really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. It was great talking with you. Uh, a lot of fun. Yes, it was fun to be here. Thanks for having me, Michael. All right. So that was Leslie Bannatine. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that definitely sets the mood for me for Halloween. No, same here. I, that Just listening to that was really neat. It, it does, like I said, you know, uh, in the introduction, it, it does suck that I couldn't make it. But she definitely has some great, great points on Halloween and... Yeah. Great episode. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else, Tom, before we call it a night? No, I think that'll do it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Jack Lantern Press podcast. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. You can also call our pumpkin hotline and leave a message with any questions suggestions or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276 and if you enjoy the show please give us a rating and a review it's a big help for the podcast and we'd greatly appreciate it and now to take us out uh, usually in these full-length episodes we like to play a clip from a halloween sounds album that we had as kids this clip comes from a little flimsy plastic record that uh we got or I got, I think you were like one when this, when we had this, Tom. Um, but it came on a <laughs> little Kraft Foods um, record. I think it came in like a mac and cheese or something. It's like some promotional thing. Yeah, yeah, it did come into a, in, in a mac and cheese thing. I, I know which one you're, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it in our Sound Sounds episode last year, but I figured we needed to, to play it. This was a, an, a Halloween episode, a good Halloween episode, so I figured we should go with a, a clip that really uh, sets the mood for Halloween. And this little, little uh, story is called A Spooky Sounding Halloween Story. It's from 1978, and it was definitely a treat to find this again, so... Uh, Without further ado, here it is. Um, so thank you for joining us, and we'll meet up again soon in the pumpkin patch. Again, a spooky-sounding Halloween story. Grandpa, would you tell me a Halloween story, please? Well, okay, but before I start, Melissa, you'll have to listen very carefully. Promise? Promise. Well, it was a dark and stormy Halloween evening. 
wind was howling, the owls were hooting, and my pals Billy, Dennis, and Scott and I were all dressed up in our scariest Halloween costumes. Suddenly, we heard strange sounds coming from the vacant house across the street. We wanted to find out what was inside, so we waited until the light turned green, crossed the street, and ran towards the house. Carefully, we walked up the stairs onto the creaky porch. We pushed the door open and walked into the pitch-black house. I had forgotten the flashlight that my mother always told me to take along on Halloween, so we couldn't see a thing except for our brightly colored costumes that glowed in the dark. All of a sudden, I felt a cold hand on my shoulder. I turned around, and a vampire with fangs for teeth and bloodshot eyes was standing right in front of me. Good evening, my little ghosts and goblins, and welcome to the haunted Halloween house. We've been expecting you. <laughs> my pals ran to the door, but it slammed shut. I could hear our hearts pounding louder and louder. Leaving so soon? Why, you've just arrived. Don't be frightened. There's really nothing to be afraid of. Except... <laughs> Billy turned to me and whispered, I'll never go into a stranger's house again. Never! What's that sound, I asked? Oh, you want to discover the secret of Halloween, do you? All right, then. It's just behind that door. Open it. If you dare. <laughs> Holding my breath, I walked towards the door. As I reached for the door handle, the door opened. A bright light was coming from inside an old dusty trunk. As I got closer, the sounds got louder. I opened the trunk. Witches, skeletons, bats came flying at us. And then what happened, Grandpa? I woke up. It was just a dream. <laughs> but you see, Melissa, Halloween can be lots of fun, but the trick to having a great Halloween is to follow a few simple safety rules. Now tell me, what have you learned from the story? I'll never go into a stranger's house. I'll always take a flashlight when I go trick-or-treating. I won't go out alone. I'll always wear a bright reflective costume so people can see me in the dark. Uh, anything else, Melissa? Um, I'll always wait until the light turns green. And I'll look both ways before crossing. Remember, wait till you get home to try Halloween treats and eat craft-wrapped candies. <laughs> Who was that, Grandpa? I'm really not sure. <laughs>